What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with people who have incredible stories to tell. Guys, today's guest is one of the most motivated and just all around go-getters that we have had on this show in a very long time. And I'm talking about my new friend, Danny Miranda. Danny Miranda is the host of the Danny Miranda podcast. And how our paths cross is actually kind of funny. He reached out to me after I we did an episode with Jordan Tarver that you guys have all checked out, I'm sure. And um, he said that it was a really great episode, one of the best that he heard in preparation for his interview of Jordan. So I I looked into Danny's page and I was just stunned at how incredible this guy is at podcasting. So lo and behold, had to have him on the show to tell him to tell us, excuse me, about his podcasting journey and everything that has happened and how he's gotten to where he is today. So without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce a brand new friend of the podcast, Danny Miranda. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, everyone, on this week's episode, we have one of the most driven and outgoing people I've come across on this show. Danny Miranda is the host of the Danny Miranda podcast with new episodes out every single Monday and Friday. With over 220 episodes, he has had many successful people on his show, learning more and more about the ways to become the best version of yourself. So we're flipping the script today and we're learning all about Danny. Danny, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. I'm doing incredible. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited for this conversation. So just to give the listeners a little bit of a story of how our paths have crossed, we were just talking about it before we record, but you shot me a DM, snapped me a picture of the episode that we did with uh, Jordan Tarver saying in preparation for your interview with him, that it was one of the best that you had heard. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for doing that. But in looking at your page, I was like, holy cow, this guy is an absolute grinder. He has over 200 episodes, notably with guys like Gary Vee, Mark Devine, David Perel, and many more. I, I had to get you on, man. This was like a, a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so you know honored that you would have me, truly, because it's it. Everyone thinks I'm grinding with these podcasts, and I, I guess I am technically, yes. but I I love it so much, right. and I could tell from how you um, were did your interview with Jordan that you loved it as well. So when I notice somebody who's just a fan of the craft and who loves interviewing, or at least looks like they love interviewing, I I have to reach out and send them some love because it's a craft that you can't really see. You have to hear or know how it's done. And uh, it's something that I've learned from just doing so many of them that I'm like, wow, I really appreciate when someone does it well. Yeah. I've started to pick up on that when I listen to podcasts, I'm not saying that I'm like nitpicking, but it's like just the things that you pick up on because I'm never going to tell someone how to do their podcast, but it's the things that you're like, Oh, I like that. Or, you know, that's not really my style, especially as we've done this for two years plus, you know, like, it's just like, it's just the tiny things. Again, like I wouldn't tell someone how to, how to run their own show. Cause at the end of the day, like you have your name on the show. I have my name on my show. Like it's, it's how you want to do it. So, but it is definitely like an art that you kind of start to formulate in your head a little bit. Yeah. And and it's like such a, a thing that before I did my podcast, I never really broke down interviewers. I right. never really like tried to become an expert at the craft. And, and I couldn't really tell the difference between a good interview versus a great one. Mm-hmm. And then like, as you do it more, as you listen more, you're like, wow, like that's, that's fascinating. Like the way they were able to go into this part of their life or the way they were able to say this at this point, 
I'm always taking notes, man. So it's Absolutely. cool to see someone doing well. And Absolutely. Uh, you're definitely one of those people. I appreciate that. Likewise, likewise. So can we start at the, at the beginning of the podcast journey that you're really been coming on here in the past two years, you finished school at Binghamton University in 2018. And then the podcast started summer, fall of 2020, very similar to, to when I started. How did you get to the point of episode one? And what did you do before the podcast? Yeah, so quite a journey. But and it's like, in two years, you could literally just like flip it and say, oh, that, that happened so quickly. But, you know, in the process of graduating and starting the podcast, it was really a process of finding myself. And what I did when I first graduated was like, how can I make the most money? Not like mm. what, what am I interested in or anything like that? Like, where's the money at? And so for me, it was in drop shipping and e-commerce is what I found through scrolling on Twitter, a bunch of different people who I was friends with or became friends with. And I just reached out to them to learn more about how to do it and, and stuff like that. I eventually got hired by them, by some of my friends after doing drop shipping well and successfully. Um, and then I, I really became disillusioned with it and said to myself, is this really how I want to be spending my time on this floating rock in space? Like, yeah, the money's great. I'm doing well, but it's not really feeding my soul in any way. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I said, I can't do this anymore. And right around when quarantine COVID happened, kind of went inward, started writing a bunch, posting my thoughts online. Um, and then I started to have people who were following me on Twitter from the e-commerce days. And I said, you know, who are these people? What are they about? Why do they follow me? And so I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone? And just, I had random people from all over the world hit me up and talk to me. And we had amazing conversations. And I said, wow, wow, we just had an incredible conversations. And it's a shame for me to hide these. And because there might be someone who also needs uh, something similar in their own mm. life. Um, so I just decided to share them with the world and incredible, incredible things have happened because of just that one decision. I love that story. And I think kind of going off of that, I think every college kid, especially like a business school college kid comes out and is like, how do I make the most money? You know, and I don't want to say that college, you know, conditions us to do that because it, it might, maybe it's the kind of the wave of college, but you know, you're kind of going to college to think for yourself, be independent, those things. But a business school, you're like, you're seeing it like they're always pushing, where's your job going to be? Where's your career going to start? Are you going with the big four if you're an accounting major? What, you know, those types of things. But then I think COVID, I think you're absolutely right. It kind of just leveled everybody and was like, what are the smallest things that we took for granted that we just missed? And for me and you, I'm assuming it was conversations. It was yeah. like human interactions and just, whether it is through zoom, like we're doing today or in person, like it's just like connecting with people that I was just like, we are, I'm missing this. I trust me, like working from home, there's a lot of pluses to that, but just something about being in person with somebody is something that I was missing for sure. Yeah. And I never really thought about it like that, that because I hadn't been having as many in-person conversations due to COVID then yeah. that led me to connect online with random people. But yeah, that's so true. The lack of conversations led me to realize how grateful I was just to have a conversation and connect with someone at a deep level. Absolutely. Were you ever intimidated or like, we talked about it on this show of like, 
the internal conversations that can kind of shy us away from posting online or creating content or whatever, especially now that you're doing it more full time, you know, was it like, were there ever any nervousness or, you know, intimidation factors when you got to doing this more full time? I've always felt really comfortable writing. Writing's always been my natural medium of expressing myself. But in terms of video or audio, I'd never really put out any of that stuff. And there was a little bit of like, I don't know how I feel about putting my, my face online and, and all that, but I, you do it once and you get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes no big deal. But I, I wouldn't say it really stopped me, but I just, I was aware that this, I was entering into a new territory when I wasn't just a writer anymore. I was now video podcaster as well. There's a face behind the words on the, on the page or in a podcast, you know, the voice through the headphones or whatever. It's now like you are putting yourself, your, your likeness in front of a name or in front of a page or what have you. Yeah. It's interesting because Julian Shapiro, are you familiar with him at all? No, I haven't been familiar. He is a writer on Twitter, a really fascinating guy. And he says, or has said at one point that he's scared to put himself on video because of AI or um, like deep fakes. He yeah, doesn't want to be deep faked. And I thought that was interesting. I never crossed my mind, but yeah, I thought that was just a, an interesting take. He's like, someone else said to him, well, if you're really scared of that, then like someone just having your photo would be able to do that. So there's nothing to worry about. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that that was his trepidation or at least what he said his trepidation actually was. No, I mean, deep fakes have always kind of creeped me out. I mean, I don't think I'm of a, in a position of power where I could like something that gets posted of me in a deep fake. Now that I'm saying this, like a deep fake of me is coming up tomorrow. I'm just saying, so you know. <laughs> but like, you know, like deep faking the president of the United States into saying something that would compromise an entire country is something that is very doable, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so crazy that we could do something like that or that we have the power to do something like that. It's, it's bananas to me. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how we, when we see something online that seems almost, you know, too good to be true or right. crazy, we're like, is it really true? Yeah. It's like my first thought these days. Right. Whereas I don't know if that was my first thought five years ago or 10 years ago. Well, a perfect example was the the Oscars this year. I lit, like mm. I was sitting in bed on TikTok and that was the first thing that came up on my For You page. I hadn't watched the whole show. I watched like the opening and then I was like, you know, I got to go to bed. And then I sat on TikTok for hours, but <laughs> you, you know the joke. <laughs> but literally it was like, did you, anyone see what happened in the Oscars? And I was literally like, this is fake. Like the couple of things that were just seemed fake to me, like how he ate that slap. Like I thought it was staged and how they're both A plus actors in their careers. So like they could probably act out this scene. And then when you kept watching it, you're like, this is less and less more, you know, it's definitely real. So I, like, but to your point, the first instinct was, oh, this, can this be real? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it was crazy. Yeah. And I just think we're entering into this new world of things that we don't really know how we're going to change as a result of interacting with video and audio and especially video and audio that can be edited by anyone at any time. It's like, this is the printing press. Like, do you understand how crazy this is? The printing press for video and audio has been created in our lifetime. What does that mean for society, civilization? It's like complex ideas that previously only academics could write about or ideas that people only would write about are now can be transmitted to millions of people instantaneously through video and audio. It's the craziest stuff. And 
when I realized that and when I really came to terms with it, I really started going harder on YouTube and just putting stuff out because I was like, yo, this is the brand new era of something that when we look back on, hopefully in 50, 100 years, we're like, you were there at that time, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool to think about. Absolutely. So can you take me through a typical work week for you right now, now that you're doing the podcast and, and the content more full time? I mean, you're, you're in Austin, Texas right now and all this stuff. Like, what does a typical quote unquote work week look like for Danny Miranda? Yeah. So right now I'm just um, spending a lot of time getting guests that I want on the podcast, uh, researching and listening to them. Like for every interview I do, I listen to a minimum, probably five podcasts of the guest on another show. Usually mm-hmm. not every time, but like the far majority of time, I'll listen to at least five. Sometimes with the guests, I listen to 10 or 15 or 20 episodes that somebody else has been on. And, and so it's, it's just a lot of listening to other people, um, interacting with ideas through Twitter um, and, and really doing the interviews. That's kind mm-hmm. of where my, uh, my focus has been. And, and that's kind of what the, the day in the life looks like. I mean, I'm working out, I'm <laughs> taking walks, like just random stuff. So what brought you to Austin where you are right now? I'm doing in-person interviews for the first time. So I started mm-hmm. the podcast in 2020. Every episode that I had recorded pretty much had been online. And yeah. then I'm starting to do them in person now. And it's so exciting. What's, I mean... Besides the obvious of a like sitting down with someone human to human and rather than screen to screen, what's the biggest difference for you having done that for two years plus to now like day one or, you know, we're on day 10, let's say of our first in-person interviews. Yeah, there's a lot of nuances that we pick up on subtle cues that we normally that when the other person wants to be interrupted or when you you can sneak in a little comment in between something that someone says that's valuable for the listener or the conversation itself. And that you can't really do online. Um, Another thing is like the way I think about it is like, this is, this was similar to a musician who was practicing in their parents' house for a year and a half. And now they finally get to go to the real studio. Yeah. And so like, that's how I feel. I feel like I've been practicing so long just in my parents' basement. And now I get to like actually do it for real and to another level almost. And it's just, Absolutely. it's cool for me. Yeah. The, the cute, the social cues on a zoom is a lot harder than in person. Like we were just dealing with hotel Wi-Fi before we started recording and we were like crossing our fingers that it was going to work. <laughs> Here we are. Exactly. But yeah, like the, the, just even like you think of like in-person conversations, it's just like, it's the flow is a little bit better and hopefully there's not like audio there's usually never audio lag in a person to person conversation so i can definitely see the different nuances there but in your show right you talk about how you're on a mission to help 1 million people build better habits that's your big big overarching theme how like how are you able to build better habits that you've installed in your day to day right now yeah if i look at my own life i understand that the reason why i'm a different person the reason why Somebody could call me a grinder or, you know, look at me and be like, wow, you've put out a lot of stuff is because I built habits that work for me and that have changed my life because they've made me a more efficient person, made me a happier person. So the habits that I, I've looked at and that have changed my life is like going to the gym three or four times a week, um, being able to meditate for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, then 60 minutes at a time. And it's like, 
just little things like that. And when I realized that the habits were the things that actually helped me get to a new place, I was like, kind of got to share this with more people. And it's like, if you can make, if you could do the things you say you're going to do, you're a top 1% human being. Because most of us, myself included, for a lot of my life, I wasn't able to do the things that I said I was going to do. And when you are able to do that, you get a whole new sense of confidence and self-assuredness in yourself that leads you to be just a better human and more able to speak your truth and more confident in what you say. So that's a little bit about why I think habits are, are so valuable and important and, uh, and instilling the habits that we want because- we're only here for a short amount of time on this floating rock. And so why not do the things you want to be doing? Absolutely. And like, it's such a good point about habits or, or you can even say like routines or whatnot. Like whenever I'm out of a routine that I know I enjoy or I like doing, I always feel off. Whether it's like the 45 minute workout, I didn't get to it. I like my whole day just feels like, you know what I mean? Or, you know, the 10 minutes outside or whatever it is, like just that one slight difference thing in the routine that you know, you love to do. And it's like, got to start over or something like that, or got to, got to wait till tomorrow to make it a better day, which unfortunately shouldn't always be the case. You can make today better by just doing one little thing different or, you know, one little thing that you, you like to do. But I think to your point on habits or routines, it can be like, it can almost be like detrimental that you get this done or do this, do this habit that you know you like doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you don't almost want to be beholden to them to have a good day. Right. Um, but just instilling little things that slowly make your life better is, has been so crucial for me and changing my identity. It's like, I was a completely different person three years ago, five years ago. And because I know I have the ability to change, I, it makes me believe that other people do as well. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me excited to share what I've learned along the way to help people build better habits because I, I'm a different person because of my habits. And I think anyone can be as well. Absolutely. I just think back of, to the, an episode I did with Gabrielle Stone on, we talked about this topic of, you know, self-improvement and self-love and all of this, all of these things about yourself. And I almost, I've kind of talked about this topic of like, I'm having a me day, you know, like, oh, I'm taking a me day or I'm taking a personal day. Why can't we do a personal day, a me day every day? And what I mean by that is like, when you think about the art of a me day, you think like shutting off, not talking to anybody or, you know, like just going to do things for me. If you take whatever you do in that one day and do one of those things every single day, you're going to have a lot better day than you did for the one me day where you indulged or you constantly, you know, you did only those things. I think just like taking that and being like, you know what, this list of 10 things that I love to do for my me day, I'm going to do one of them every single day. And that'll already make my day better than it was how I planned it. So I think just like having a little self-indulgence on yourself every single day is not the end of the world. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be you get one day a week or whatever it is. Yeah. Why not spread it out over every day? And right. it's like the, the thought of giving a gift to yourself is so underrated. I think if you could just give a gift to yourself of whatever it is that makes you feel happiest. And if you could do that every day, you'll be in a better place. You'll show up better for other people. And this is another thing about 
we often believe that it's about the extremes, but yeah. in truth, it's about doing it every day. And often it's the sleeps that matter. Meaning that every time you go to sleep, it's like, can you do that thing again? Because it, it goes faster and you gain more reps and you gain more ability when you do it slowly. Imagine, for instance, that somebody was running a marathon and they're like, okay, I'm going to run a marathon for one day and I'm not going to train or do anything. Okay, so they run 26 miles one day. That's great. But what's better, running a marathon 26 miles in one day or spacing that out over 10? And running 2.6 every day. Honestly, it's the 2.6 that it more has my respect. Um, and I think the person who does that is going to have more respect for themselves as well. Because they're keeping a commitment to themselves. And yeah, I think it's something that I never really thought about before. The importance mm -hmm. of doing it every day and, and chunking it down to smaller pieces. Absolutely. So now along the way of creating better habits for yourself and, and your listeners and whatnot, you've done some pretty wild challenges including 75 hard, 60 minutes of meditation for 60 days, and my personal favorite, a five days without time or technology. Now, I, you know, each, each challenge, I'm sure, had its different peaks and valleys, but I'm, and I'm sure we could talk about all of that. But what are some of the biggest takeaways that you had from these challenges and these moments within these, these challenges that you've done? Yeah, my biggest takeaway in general, in the macro, is that we're capable of doing much more than we think we can. Mm -hmm. You ask a random person on the street, could you do 60 minutes of meditation? And they'll probably tell you like, no way. That's crazy. That's the, the response that I got time and time again. Like that's insane. Right. And guess what? I thought that was insane when I started doing it, but it's like you, if you do it enough, that becomes your new normal. And then it's not that crazy. And I think with all this stuff, it's like, we're capable of so much more than we actually believe then we can accomplish and so when i realized that that if i just set my mind to something and i could accomplish it like i'm very powerful and i don't think i'm just very powerful i think we're all very powerful we often just don't have the love for ourselves to actually believe it absolutely i think you know like whether like for me my my personal challenge last year was running a thousand miles and mm. i remember halfway through I was like, what else can I do? Cause I, I felt like I was like, I, I'm going to do this. I, you can you, you know, like whether it's the 40 minutes into your meditation, you can go that extra 20 or it's, you know, you're running a marathon. It's that you're at mile 20. You could do that extra six. For me, it was like, I'm already at halfway. I know I can add more to this. So I ran my first marathon and it's just interesting that you're the, the answers to the question of your challenge you kind of get more questions along the way. Like, what else can I do? What else can I add to this? Because I'm already dedicated to the first 1,000 miles. Why not make it 1250? Why not run a marathon in it? Why not, you know, do all these things? Go run a 30-mile run, whatever it is. So I think just you find it within yourself of like, we're, we don't know how capable we are. When you continue to add to the challenge that you're committed to, you kind of see like, I can keep going. I can keep building on this. Mike Posner had this great thing where he walked across the United States yeah. and when he was walking across, he realized, oh, I could do more. I'm actually going to hike Mount Everest is what he thought in his mind while he was doing that. And I, it's a fascinating point to exactly what you're talking about is like, imagine somebody 
walking across the country. To me, that sounds crazy. Right. But to him, it was like, yo, this isn't that much. I could do more. It just goes to show what you're talking about is true. And sometimes it's starting with like small goals and, mm-hmm. and really building on it. I didn't jump right into doing 60 minutes meditation. First, I did 20 minutes in the morning. Then I did 20 minutes in the morning and evening. Then I said, okay, 20 plus 20, 40. So let me try 60. Um, and that was over a period of six months. So I think it, you shouldn't be ashamed to start small just because you hear people say crazy goals to you of like walking across the country or, or sitting by themselves for five days at a time, like without anything like that sounds crazy, crazy to me three years ago. And so starting small is, is always a good way to be, to build that confidence and build that momentum in yourself. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, a, a story in a book um, that just resonates with that of like, you know, we're always worried about the end goal. We almost don't even focus on the next step in front of us, right? Like when we are in, we're stuck in a cave and we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but what we can see is the foot in front of us, then take that step and then you'll see the next step in front of you. And kind of just use that as a building block. When you say, I'm going to walk across the country, don't look at California to New York. Look at it as, I got to get, I got to get just across my driveway to start. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like the, the many things in it all, like just the, taking the step forward, you're going to get to the end goal eventually. Yeah. And I'm sure you learned that a lot by running a thousand yeah. miles. <laughs> the miles keep adding up. Trust me. It doesn't matter how, you know, like how, you don't have to do 10 miles, you know, every single day. Trust me, the four miles were just as bad as the 10 eventually. <laughs> but so do you have another challenge in mind that you want to do next? Yeah. So I'm doing 75 hard with my brother. Um, but I kind of want to, you know, think about running or think about, um, I don't really have anything on the radar in this particular moment that's really pushing me. And maybe that's, that's a good, um, something I need to think about of like, what am I going to do? That's really going to push me right now. And because I I don't really have one that I I can point to right now. Yeah. I've always, I'm always on, like, I'm always trying to think of like the next thing. And I know we just talked about like focusing on what's right in front of you, but if I ever feel like I'm almost too comfortable with what I'm doing in my life or, or the podcast or whatever, like what's something that I can do to just make this a little bit more challenging. I've always loved the challenge. So, you know, like whether it's, you know, signing up for another marathon here in 2022 or wanting to run Boston right after that, like that's kind of on my radar right now. So that's where I'm at. And, And all from, saying at the end of 2020 that I want to run a thousand miles in 2021 here I am like thinking I can run three marathons so here we go <laughs> yeah man it's just like one step at a time and uh, it's cool to build that confidence with yourself because once you get a, a few of these in your back pocket you start to look at it like a cookie jar like oh I can pull these out whenever I want whenever yeah. a hard moment comes like oh I actually did finish 75 hard oh I I actually did finish that second workout when I had to go to the hospital one day for food poisoning. Like you start to build trust with yourself because you're like, Oh, I did it. And I could actually do whatever I want if I make that intention and do the goal well enough. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's cool to have that. I love that. So you've, you've said, you've tweeted out that podcasting is your infinite and you've talked about how, you went from being more of a writer to then wanting to put your voice behind a podcast. And now we're talking about how video is, is kind of the new printing press of this generation. 
And, you know, all in all, it's become an umbrella of called content creating, let's say, right? And this isn't a question of how do you become the best content creator, but rather with so many content creators today, how do you create the habits to be the content creator that you're looking to strive to be and not be the content creator that everyone is trying to be? Tunnel vision, baby. It's about, <laughs> it's about keeping my eyes on my own paper in a way, right? Like I do pay attention. I have to pay attention to other people to see what they're doing to, to research for other people. Right. But I, I really have my eyes on my own paper for really the first time in my life in the past two years, because I've really noticed that when I start to say to myself, oh, this person's making this amount of money or this person's doing this and they're crushing it. It's led me to feel unfulfilled and unhappy. And I have my eyes on my own paper, meaning I am so locked in on my own process. And so I'm enjoying it so much that mm -hmm. it just leads me to be the content creator that I want to be because I'm just in my own lane. And it's mm -hmm. a beautiful place to operate from. I love that tunnel vision. Absolutely. So, and I've always struggled with eyes on my own paper and this is a really bad lazy eye joke, but <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I just had to throw what, that in there. <laughs> what made you so confident to like put that out there? It's a, a great strategy that Eminem uses, which mm -hmm. is like, I think it was an eight mile where he, he throws out all, all of his own flaws so that yeah. the person on the other end can't say anything negative to him. And I thought that was fascinating. So it, it, It's exactly that. And I've never been compared to Eminem. So thank you. Um, you can just call me the Eminem of podcasting. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's exactly that. What I have told myself is it's much easier to laugh with people than to get laughed at. I think anyone could agree to that. But if you are guard up about something that you physically can't change. Like I, trust me, I've tried, I've done all the exercises. I even got cleared for surgery. And then my doctor went MIA. Like it is, it, it's something that like, it's almost serendipitous at this point that I don't get it fixed, but I, I have made friends because of it. I have created a great show because of it, but it is like, it makes me, me, you know? And I hope one day that if I do get it fixed, people will still think Jared is still Jared, but like, it's, it's that uniqueness that you just kind of have to hold on to, And you turn to comedy in an uncomfortable situation, because if I just said, you know, like, please, like, oh, I'm, I'm a little self-conscious about it. And I know there are hundreds of people that are, and I don't want to like discredit that, but what I have found to make this a lot more enjoyable in this life of my eyesight is just like, make a joke about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. And kudos to you. I think you can honestly give a lot of people advice and just give them a new perspective on their own insecurities because we all have them and the ability to just put it out there and be honest with it and, and just be able to laugh at yourself or like just be able to be yourself and not be scared of the judgment is, is an awesome quality. And, and it's something that I've had to learn from, doing content creation and podcasting is like, you know, putting your insecurities out there, putting your negatives out there is actually a good thing in a way, because I'm so excited for people to look back on episode one of the podcast, because they're going to be like, wow, this is a different guy. But it's like for something you can't change is different. And so I think it's another level of respect I have, because I did it so that I could show my growth. But you did it because you just wanted to be comfortable in yourself, I guess. And, and that's really cool. 
I appreciate that, man. I really do. So you've said in a conversation with Nick Ericlano, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, that you want to be this generation's Oprah, this generation's Joe Rogan. Talk to me about that because that like that's a that's a big vision to have and and you put it out there. So talk to me about where that's coming from and, and how you want to accomplish that. It comes from this feeling that we're only on this floating rock for 80, 90, 100 years, if that. And so if you know that to be the case, why not shoot big? Like you're playing the game anyway. It is the same amount of mental power to be the 100th best podcaster versus the first. And so why not just go as big as we possibly can go? And that doesn't mean that I'm going to accomplish it. And that doesn't even mean that... I'm, I'm going to get there in the next 10 years, 20 years, whatever. But it's like just having that vision, having that North star gives me a level of, of like, okay, I'm playing the game at the biggest level that I want to. And I have no idea how I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there by working hard and by showing up and doing that consistently for years and years and years. And hopefully good things will happen to me and I'll build trust with enough people worldwide so that I can have the biggest names on my show and eventually create the biggest podcast in the world absolutely and i think like i'm just thinking about something that is like kind of topically relevant because we're here in the nfl draft where it's like round two right now like it's the same thing as these kids i mean and they did it let's give them all credit but it's the same thing as these kids going i want to be in the nfl you know 20 you know 10 11 15 years ago when they were playing flag football like why can't content creators say look have someone to look up to because especially now we've been doing like content creation and podcasting and, and vlogs and whatnot have been around long enough that we kind of know who the major league players are in the space. Yeah. So why not be like, I want I do look up to those people. I do look up to these shows and I, I have a vision and I want to accomplish that. And just because I'm a normal guy with a lazy eye or I'm Danny Miranda and you don't know the name yet, doesn't mean I can't have these conversations with people that you never thought I would be able to, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you put in the work and you have enough talent. It's just only a matter of time until that dream becomes a reality. Like the way I look at it is like, there's no other option. Not that I'll, I'll become Joe Rogan or Oprah or, or that level of stardom, but I know I'll get to a place that I want to go. And, and that's because it's just about the effort. It's just about the work. If you do it long enough, it's like good things are going to happen. And I think people, it, you're looking at the journey right now for both of us, like on year two, Mm-hmm. of the entire journey. And if you commit to saying this is a 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year process, like it, we're doing just, pretty good for year two of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. We're doing pretty good for year two. And that's the fun part of like being in year two, people not really understanding what you're doing, but it but in the back of your mind, do you know or believe that something great is happening beneath the surface? We're going to take a quick break from this week's episode to talk about our brand new sponsors and a long time coming with TYR. Guys, I've been a part of the swimming community for gosh knows how long. I've been retired for just about three years, but I'm going back in with my friends over at TYR. That's right. TYR has everything you need from swimming to try to anything from biking, running, you name it. Tier or TYR has got you hooked up. They got a brand new spring collection coming out and I'm going to hook you guys up. That's right. I'm going to get you 10% off at checkout with the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G, 10 off. That's right. Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G, as in Instagram, 10 
off. Going to get you 10% off at checkout with their brand new spring collection. So if you're a swimmer, I know I have swimmers listening to this show, biker, uh, triathlete, whatever it may be, head over to TYR, check out their brand new spring collection. And now back to the interview. Absolutely. So you've come out and said that your top all-time guests that you would want to have on your show are Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink, Mike Posner, and Gary Vee. Do you have any to add to that list before I ask my next question here? <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot of people. Yeah, now I'm sure there's a bunch. <laughs> no, but but I think what makes it so easy for me is I'm such a fan of so many people. Yeah. And if you're a fan of people in general, it's easy to be curious about them. And so that's where all those people come from and and many more. Oh yeah. I mean, like people ask me, who's your dream guest? And I was like, do you have 30 minutes? Cause I don't have just one. And like, it's in people and it it gets added to, you know, like, I I mean, you know, like in kind of cultural relevancy right now, like having Johnny Depp on would be an all time right now after all this that's going on or something like that. It's just, there's anyone could, I could add anyone to the list. Right. So you did land Gary V within 40 episodes. Tell us a little bit about that experience, what that interview was like. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, this, the, I mean, feel like this can be, this could be an all in, all of its own episode right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so people might see it as in 40 episodes and they'd be correct, but what's funny is like, that was actually 10 plus years in the making. Right. And what I mean by that is like when I was 13 years old, I started a blog and Gary V was doing his wine show. This was back in 2009, I want to say. And I wrote a blog post on Gary V. And so that was cool. He commented on that. And not many people knew who Gary V was. And I might be the only 13 year old at the time who was watching a wine show about this (laughs) crazy guy from New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) But so that was pretty cool. Then when I was 15, he called my mom on the phone uh, when I tweeted at him and told him that I wanted to go to his book signing. And he said, what's her number? Called her on the spot. And I went and we took a great picture together. So that happened when I was 13 and 15. Then when I was 25, I tweet at him that story. The mm-hmm. first story when I was 13 that I wrote about him. And because I tweeted that to him, he followed me directly after. Then I tweeted that he followed me. And I was like, this is a crazy day for me. So many people then commented on that post and liked it and told him to come on the podcast that he was like, okay, like I see enough people saying this that I'm going to actually go on. Yeah. So it wouldn't have happened without that 13-year-old me and that 15-year-old me, I I don't believe. And so it was a long journey. I, I wasn't creating content for that time between 15 and 25 but right. i think it's it's an important to note and then it was just an incredible experience i mean he i there was a lot of questions i asked him that were not his usual questions he was taken aback a bunch and i was able to go deep into the archives weirdly enough 2 weeks before i had him on the podcast i started creating questions for him and putting a notes file so oh. this is a, like a, a fascinating thing for you know podcasters or just content creators in general is like create a notes file for people you want to interact with in the future what would you talk to them if i have you know johnny depp in front of you right now what would you ask him Mm -hmm. you know like think about that because and write it down because maybe i don't know through the universe or through like a crazy way like it actually makes it more likely to occur or when it happens you are more on your on your game so um yeah, it was a, a very cool experience. I'm really grateful for it. And it's my first YouTube video ever published. 
So uh, hopefully it'll be fun to look back on in 10 years. Absolutely. And you bring up such a good point, like, especially with this show too, I found that like you ask someone to come on and then, you know, they don't, they don't get back to you or for whatever reason for a while, but they might just shoot you a DM be like, I have 30 minutes in the next three hours. And if you're not ready, (laughs) you know, like, and especially guys like Gary V and, and Johnny Depp, like they might be like within 15 minutes, you have 30 minutes in the next 15 to ask me the questions. And if you're not ready, that's a missed opportunity. So I like that idea of creating a notes file to have questions that you want to ask your star, your top five all time, you know, to, to come on the show when they come on the show to have that ready to go. But if you were to have, you know, let's say you were to get in front of Joe Rogan just to get him on the show hmm. and you have 60 seconds to, to pitch him or, you know, get him to say yes to meet with you or come on the podcast, what would be your like 60 second elevator pitch here? I'm in an elevator with him and I, I have to convince him to come on. Yeah. See, this is, this is fascinating. I haven't really thought about this, but um, I'm more of the opinion to build the relationship slowly mm. and, and let things, you know, maybe I would mention that I have a podcast, you know, that he's been a big inspiration for me that, you know, I've had great guests on the podcast and that I would love him to be on as well. But I all, always think about things in terms of like giving and taking, yes. like what could I give him in that moment yes. instead of like, what could I take from him? Um, and so when I interviewed Noah Kagan at his house, I researched his favorite uh, place to eat, his favorite restaurant. And I got him a, a gift card to his favorite restaurant as just a way to give to him because he was letting me use his studio and because he was gracious with his time. So I, it's like, if you're in that moment, what could you give to that person so that they'll remember that? Um, and you know, everyone's trying to take from people like Joe Rogan all the time. What could you give to that person instead is a different way to look at it. No. And and it all worked out for you too. Cause I think on his like YouTube lives, someone asked him like, who's the most interesting person that he's met. And he pulled up your Twitter right away. (laughs) Noah Kagan. What a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's like you give to people and you get in ways you can't ever expect. Absolutely. I think this is like to that point of like that you have 60 seconds with a, with a billionaire or you have 60 seconds with Elon Musk, like, and you don't want to ask him a question that he's always been asked. Like, you know, what was it like to go in space? You already know the answer to that. You've, (laughs) You've seen him get asked that. Right. So that's for me in this show. I always want to leave the guest being like, wow, I haven't answered that in if it's, you know, let's just say like 20 years, or I've never answered that question, or I've never been asked that in that type of way. Like, for, and I know you do a lot of research and preparation. I always like, that's what I build. I like stand on my soapbox for, for this show is like, I never want to leave an, an interview or be at a point in an interview where I'm like, and what can we talk about next? You know, <laughs> that's like my biggest podcasting nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you raise a great point, which is like, you can give to somebody in that moment without actually giving them a gift card to some place right. that they enjoy. You can give them the gift of a new perspective. Yeah. Rory Sutherland has this great point where he says, you are rich in equivalent to the amount of perspectives you have on a certain topic. And I thought that was just an interesting way of framing the world. And it's like, if you can ask an interesting question, you can give someone a new perspective, therefore making them richer. Mm-hmm. And I keep a notes file in my phone and computer, just compiling great questions to ask for podcasting in life of like, you know, what would, what would you say to a younger version of yourself? Like, 
what are your ways for learning, like different stuff like that. And I just keep it in my phone for moments like that or for moments where I'm just around the, the dinner table and you have that same boring conversation you have with your fret family. Like, how was, you know, how was your day? What? Oh, the food's hot. The weather's whatever. It's like surface level. No, the worst is- right now, the worst right now is, oh man, crazy going back into the office, isn't it? That's the worst one. <laughs> That's the all time worst. It's like when you're younger, it's like when you're younger, where are you going to college? What are you studying? And it's like, these are all surface level questions. Mm-hmm. There are ways to go deeper. You just have to know the keys to unlock that and to create a richer experience for people. I remember exactly. one time, this is a good one for family gatherings is have everyone take a personality test. They'll all want to talk about it, what they're like, where the similarities are between different family members. I, I found that to be a great one when yeah. uh, it was my birthday. Everyone was like, yo, what, what can we get you? I was like, let's take this personality test and let's talk about it. And That's so, what you asked for for your birthday? <laughs> yeah. And that was a great family gathering, I think, yes. in 2020. So. Yes, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. That's so good. So I want to ask you, you brought up a little bit about how you want people to remember episode one. How do you remember episode one with over 200 episodes? And like I said before, what are maybe like three things that you've learned from when you posted episode one in September of 2020 to here we are in April of 2022? Yeah. So for me, the first thing I learned was that research is really important for me. Right. Uh, Like not for everyone. Some people can just let their curiosity go. For me, I realized my superpower is like being able to intake all the content and then create questions around that content that I consume. And like, like we were talking about before, I don't judge anyone for not doing research or anything like that. It's just like my method, what I need. Cause I realized like the, the interviews turn out so much better when I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing I think is you can get great guests from the jump. I kind of had a limiting belief when I started was that like, I couldn't actually get incredible guests. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of realized relatively quickly, like, oh, like just because I started doesn't mean that I can't play in the big leagues. Like who are who are my favorite podcasters getting on? Let me reach out to those people, because even if you get rejected, the person who's on the other end now knows your name. And yeah. it's like maybe they'll, they'll agree to the podcast after seven times of hearing your name. And so might as well get that first one out of the way early. Um, and then the third thing I've learned is like the questions are such a superpower for living is like, I've realized that the way we frame questions can impact our reality in such a tremendous way. And if you study questions, if you learn from people asking questions, it's like, you can really learn so much about other people and yourself. And it doesn't have to be on a podcast. Like we can, we could just go in an Uber and have an incredible conversation because we just ask the right questions. And questions are a way to unlock a better reality for you and the people you're around. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what I've learned. I love that. And like, you just brought up a great point of like, because we've been doing this for two years, like I can have a, a thought provoking question or, or conversation with anyone in an Uber to a coffee shop or whatever. It almost like makes me want to bring my microphone and just like, let's sit down and record an episode. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like be that crazy person that just starts filming a podcast in a coffee shop. But it's like, I've, I've, I'm starting to see that get created. Like I, I was I was just looking at podcasts because there's like a hundred thousand of them on Spotify at this point. But you know, like this, this one podcast, it says it's a, it's, I think it's called podcast, but outside. And they literally like sit Mm -hmm. on like a college campus 
and just prop a table up and then ask people if they want to come on the show. Or like, there's another one that does like uh, humans of, I know it's not humans of New York because that's the famous Instagram page, but it's like, she just sets up a chair next to her chair and asks people of New York to come on her show. And like, that just blows my mind. Cause like going back to the, we're more research guys, like these people who have the curiosity levels to just kind of let it flow. It, it can be wild. It can be absolutely crazy been thinking about doing that myself actually just really? propping up a table at a random place and just filming myself at a beach or something and and just inviting people on like a five minute podcast or whatever it is just because i feel as if i've cultivated somewhat of a gift by doing it so much so many times um or a talent or something and it's like almost your obligation when you have a talent to use it in a way mm-hmm. and it's like imagine if you know basketball players said you know like I'm good at this thing and I'm, re- I'm really talented at it, but I don't want to do it. Like, that's cool. And I, I respect that. But I also think there's something to be said of like using it as much as possible because I'm in awe whenever I see a professional basketball player in person, like just shooting hoops. I'm like, wow, that's incredible that a human being could do that. And that's not to say that I am a professional basketball player or a professional podcaster, right. but it's like, I feel as if I'm almost there and just to give people that experience of being felt and seen and heard is a special thing. And so, yeah, that's why I've been thinking about doing it more and more, just like doing it. And also to, I'm like an Omegle even like doing oh, podcasts yeah. with people online. Yeah. I'm so down to try that out. Yeah. Cause like, I love, I love when the, when uh, musicians do that and like they, you know, they just say like name a song and I'll play it. And then Harry like, Mack. See- Yes, exactly. But I mean, you you basically did that with one of your episodes where you tweeted out who wants to chat on a Zoom, and then you just you someone came in and you recorded that. So like you're 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 playing yeah. with it for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. I I I definitely want to do something like that. I think I got to get a couple more reps under my belt, but it's definitely something on my mind for sure. All right, so your show, much like this show here, has one person behind it, and it's you it can be really hard to do all the stuff by yourself and just as easy to make the excuses for not putting out new content, not posting a new episode, not putting, you know, cuts of the clips on Instagram. And look, I'm not perfect. I've def- I've certainly had those moments and had those days, but what has gotten you to keep up with the consistency, keep going on the content and get to that top 1% that you're at right now? I think it's the, the vision, you know, we talked about it before of, of being the next Oprah or Joe Rogan. So if you, you constantly ask yourself, like, what would Joe Rogan do in this moment? Mm-hmm. Like, if Joe Rogan was 26 years old or if Oprah was 26 and she was trying to make it, what would she do? Like, what would be her avenue of getting attention at scale for more and more people? And so that's kind of how I approach and frame that question of, like, look at your heroes or look at the people you admire and, and ask, like, how would they act if they were in your position? And kind of going back to the topic of that we were talking about of like creating habits that make your days a little bit better. When you're having one of those days, you talked about keeping the vision there, but do you do certain things throughout that day or like to kind of rewrite the script and make sure that you do get that episode out on a Monday or a Friday? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I kind of like just have it within me. Like it's a no brainer, like whatever needs to happen to, to make that occur, it's going to happen if I, said I'm going to do a Monday and Friday. Like last night I was up till 1am editing an episode. I don't mind doing that. I don't think there's any question of I'm going to do it or not. Mm. It's just like a knowledge of trust in myself because 
I did 75 hard because I did 60 minutes of meditation. Like I know if I say it, I'm going to do it. And so Monday and Friday, that's just what it is. And I'm like, yo, should I be doing more? I think that's the biggest, like you, you got to hold me back from uh-huh. doing more. And, and so it's almost like Kobe Bryant, like in the gym, like he just knows it's about the amount of hours that he puts in. And if he does way more, than somebody else like there's just no way somebody else can catch him like you just put in more work yeah and i i kind of think about it like that of like how could i do more like could i do five days a week would that mm-hmm. be better for the podcast would i get bigger guests Would i how, how would i do research if that was if i was going to do that mm-hmm. like i i think about that like it's not so much about less workload and it's like how can i do more so i love that's that kind of how i i frame it i love that because and i will be honest with you danny like having done my research on you and just kind of like getting, get, getting ready for this episode. Like I've had a little bit of a rough patch recently with getting consistent episodes, getting consistent guests, but I've been yeah. after this, I've just, I've been so more driven to like, you know what, just buckle down and start doing this stuff more often because I know how much I enjoy it. I know how much I enjoy the conversations. Yes. Maybe editing is not my most favorite thing to do, but whose is, you know, but it's just like these, like in order for me to have these conversations, I have to keep posting podcasts. I have to get more guests. So it's like, this is what I want to do. You got to keep doing it. You got to put in the work and and just to honor the the late and great Kobe Bryant. He's in the gym. You got to keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's stopping you? Oh man. I mean, there were some things, I mean, some things that, we're out of my control, whether it was technical issues. I know like you've had those, but like I got into a car accident and I couldn't literally get home to do the episode, but it was like, but what I like off going off that one, like I usually do all my stuff the night before, which, you know, is procrastinating, but had I done the editing and all that, the episode was ready to go, but you know, I had the interview and ready to go, but I just waited till Tuesday night to do it. Got into the accident on Tuesday. And then I was like, screw it can't do the episode yeah nothing wrong with that yeah exactly wrong with that right but i think i mean and there are days right where i'm like i don't i don't know like i had too much of work in my you know my real world job as we'll call it here or whatever and i'm just like too exhausted but what i'll say is like that's an excuse and i always wake up when the episode's supposed to be on on wednesday morning i always wake up and i'm like i should have just done it you know so like as that has kind of crept into my head and like the three or four times that I've done that, I'm just like, you've got to stop having that feeling. So just do an episode, whether it is a solo episode, like say, I don't have a guest. Cause that's, you know, that's been part of the issue is like, I want to make sure I have a guest for every single episode. And I know, you know, this, it could be hard to continually get new, new people on the show. So if I do a solo episode, like what's, what's the worst that could happen, you know? <laughs> totally. Totally. And uh, I think it, it's just a matter of, of understanding, like, what do you want out of it? Yeah. Like, like, what is the mission? What is the goal? Why are you doing it? And like becoming clear on that. Mm-hmm. What is the goal for you? What is the mission? For me right now, I'd love to do this full time. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love my job and I love the people at the company that I work for. Cause I know a lot of them listen to this show. I, but it's like doing what you're doing and being able to travel the country, travel the world to meet new people and have these thought provoking conversations like I love you you kind of brought this up in one of your interviews is like you have this gift to just ask people questions and have these types of conversations and I've I've always felt too that I have like a way of asking people questions that 
and I'll let me let me backtrack here. When people ask me how did you get so and so on the podcast, I always answer, I asked, right? Like, how did you get this blue check <laughs> mark? How- exact- bro, right. bro, I, I, I gotta, I gotta stop you. That happens yeah. to me too. Literally yeah. the same exact conversation. Yeah. And like, it's like, but how did you land X, Y, Z blue check mark? Because I don't want to just even name names. It's just like, they literally just ask like, he has this many people on Instagram. And I'm like, I DM'd him. And like, yes, my, my DMs look like a lot of sent to blue check marks. But it's, it's, you know, the, the part of it is you have to ask. And then I do think going off of that, like we are not, I'm not a blue check mark. You are not a blue check mark as of, as of today, maybe by the time we air this, who knows, but you know, it's like, we have a very different idea, very different um, curiosity than Dak Shepard does interviewing Tom Brady, right? Hmm. They can talk about the caviar at the Met Gala. I cannot. Okay. But I yeah. will ask about the caviar at the Met Gala, like the curious George that I am. But like when it's two heavyweights, like let's just say Chris Rock and Will Smith have a podcast episode coming out. Everyone will tune in. But if I want to ask Chris Rock about that Oscars experience, I would have a much more different conversations than they did on The View or whatever it is, because I'm so much more curious about this mm-hmm. than other A-listers are to other A-listers, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's really true. And it it just it's it's about you know, it's so funny you you describe people as blue checks and stuff like that. It, it's like it's just we're all human beings, you know? And I think right. you probably you understand this so much from doing so many interviews. It's like yo, people are people. Right. And it's like they have 500,000 Hours, they have a million they more days in in a specific area than other people and so yeah it, it's it's made the whole process more humanizing mm-hmm. is like having a podcast like you just realize it's a human being yeah and i will say too like kind of going off of how we talked about the virtual interviews i do think there is like a charm to a virtual interview because you get to interview that person most likely from the comfort of their own home. Like they yeah. almost feel more comfortable sitting in their desk chair, their office chair doing this interview with you than they would at Joe Rogan's spaceship studio or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call that thing. But yeah. so like, I, I think there is that like slight bit of charm and like being able to interview said person from their house from their living room from their kitchen counter sometimes from when they're walking their dog whatever it is like i've i've done that i've done from from the car interviews you know so it's just it's like you know it's a part of an interview that is different than what we're used to because of like how we used to see interviews and like you know what if if an interview nowadays is a conversation and not question answer question answer that's what i'm looking for here yeah yeah there's there is charm to it and it's it's just about finding your own lane and your own space and and leading into it because and and understanding that it's going to evolve and change right you look at the first joe rogan's you look at i think that's what's made me really excited about my process is like understanding that what it is today isn't going to be what it is uh 10 years from now and right. having the ability to submit yourself to the vision of being able to keep going because you know it's going to to change if you keep going like i had this moment yesterday where i said to myself like how in the hell did i get this guy to agree to 
let me interview him and hang out with him for an hour and a half and talk to him. If I had sent him a message two years ago, he would have been like, you're crazy. Like, what's wrong with you? You want to come to my house and talk to me for an hour and a half? (laughs) So I I think it's like, it's changed, right? Already over a year and a half. And it's going to continue to change as I put in more work, as I continue to get better as an interview, as I continue to grow. So just, uh, just being able to witness that process and have appreciation Mm -hmm. for where you are at in the journey of like, okay, like, um, I'm going to people's studios. I'm doing this. This is crazy. This is so cool. How can I make it even bigger? How can I, you know, like, or how, how can I just appreciate this moment and dream bigger at the same time? I think that's the, been the key for me. Absolutely. So we got two final questions for you. One that you typically ask all of your guests and then one that we always ask all of our guests. So the first one that I want to flip the question back to you is what type of wisdom or philosophy or anything that you want to drop here to be the best version of yourself, please share. Yeah, I think that (laughs) to be the best version of yourself, you need to listen to yourself. And because you know the answers better than, you know the answers for your own life better than I know the answers for your life. And so that's why listening to yourself is so critical. And listening to yourself could mean meditating for 20 minutes on a consistent basis. It could mean getting out your journal and writing your thoughts down unfiltered as they are. It could mean going for a walk where you're just listening to your own voice and nature could mean going to a dark room, which one guest, you know, recently said he did, which I thought was absurd, but he, that's a lot of time to listen to yourself. If you're literally just in a dark room for 48 hours or five days or whatever. So yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) So listening to yourself, I think is the key that set me free and Mm -hmm. let me become a new person. And it could be going to a therapist and just like talking about your problems, your issues through their lens. So listening to yourself is the wisdom that allows me to become the best version of myself. And I, I hope other people take that call to become the best version of, of themselves by listening as well. I love that. And one final question here that we ask all of our guests that I gave you at the top of the show before we recorded, you got the benefit of the doubt here. But Danny, if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? It would be happier, healthier, and wiser. I would like my tombstone to read made the world happier, healthier, and wiser. And the reason why is because when I'm doing those things, helping people, helping myself become happier, healthier, and wiser, I am at the most peace. I feel as if I'm serving a greater purpose and I'm just enjoying life the most. And it seems like other people are enjoying my life as well and how I'm living it. So that's what I would make the autobiography happier, healthier, and wiser. And it would be my journey from somebody who wasn't happy, healthy, or wise to mm-hmm. somebody who is becoming that. So I think I it's a never ending process. And uh, that's what I would name the autobiography. Well, I, I crowned our last guest the fastest in 2022 to answer that question. And I did give her it beforehand, but man, you, you crushed that one. You beat her record by a landslide. So, but, and with a great answer too, it wasn't like you just, you know, you just said it and then that was it. It was a great answer. So Danny, first of all, thank you so much for coming on, man. It has been an absolute blast. And I I just in awe of your work ethic of what you've done with your show and wish you all the best. And this has been, like I said, an absolute blast. Likewise. Thank you so much for doing this. You're very skilled. You're very talented as somebody who is, does it myself. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep doing this, man, because uh, you're doing a service for sure. Absolutely, man. We'll definitely keep in touch. All right. Definitely. 
So a big thank you to Danny Miranda for coming on this week's show and sharing more about his podcasting journey, his story. Be sure to go check out his podcast, guys. He is incredible. And we are just at the beginning with the, with seeing this guy succeed. Uh, I know he's going to continue to do amazing work. So uh, be sure to go follow him. I'll leave links to all things Danny in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at NormalGuyLazyEye if you haven't already. Give us five stars. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, we've been doing it now for 79 episodes. Hard to believe we're almost at our two-year mark. But thank you guys so much for all your continued support. It's been an absolute blast bringing out these guests and having these conversations that, honestly, back in August of 2020, I never thought I would. So couldn't have done it without you guys. This has been an absolute blast. And without further ado, I will see you all next Wednesday with a brand new episode.